0: You're listening to Radically Pragmatic, a podcast from the Progressive Policy Institute. We talk with lawmakers, policy experts, and thought leaders about the issues driving the news nationally and internationally. The Progressive Policy Institute is a catalyst for policy innovation and political reform with offices in Washington, D.C. and Brussels. Its mission is to create radically pragmatic ideas for moving America beyond ideological and partisan deadlock. We encourage analytical conversations, not your typical partisan talking points.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the Rise Reports podcast, courtesy of the Reinventing America Schools Project at the Progressive Policy Institute. I am Curtis Valentine, co-director of the project, and I am here on location at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Uh, And I'm here for our series called, uh, What's Next? The Future Is Now. I'm so glad to be here in Austin. Uh, for South by Southwest, an opportunity to connect with uh, some of the greats in education. And today's guest is uh, no different. Uh, My good brother, Dr. Charles Cole, who is the founder, uh, CEO of Energy Converters, is here today. Uh, We're going to talk about what he's doing, uh, what he's working on, and how he sees the future of education. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Brother Cole.
2: Hey, man, what's up? Thanks for having me, brother.
1: Uh, and thank you for being here. Uh, for those who don't know, this is a second time recording this. Uh, you know, we had some technical difficulties, uh, but I'm I'm glad my brother was is was a, a, agreeable to do this all over again. And I'm sure we'll be able to recreate uh, that magic from the first podcast. But, you know, this is where magic happens, brother, places like this. And so I'm so happy to be here. Uh, tell people, man, tell people about Energy Converters, what it is and what you do there, brother.
2: Yeah, Energy Converters is a... Org that I started uh, a while ago, man. I think we've been going for like four, for like five years now. And basically, what we do is we work on building agency in our communities, and we do that uh, through the end users of education. We call the end users students, their parents, and their community. And so, when we talk about agency, a lot of people may not be familiar with that term. It's basically just knowing what is good for you and how to advocate the things that you need, uh, and and you know, having some will over your life. And so, you know, we we work around improving policies in education, but we don't really just stop there. Um, what we try to do is if that system never gets better, if those people, you know, never change those policies, here's some tools that you got. So you, you got you at least got a fighting chance. And that's pretty much tied to a similar way that I had to grow up. I had to advocate for myself as a as, as a student um in hell, middle in junior high and in high school. Uh, I had to, you know, handle my own college stuff. I had to make sure my grades were where they need to be, that I had the right classes. Uh, there were times where I had to, you know, I remember sitting in my counselor's office and refusing to leave until she saw me and helped me uh, at the risk of getting like suspended for that. And it it, it paid off because I eventually got to where I needed to go. And so we just try to build that. You can find some of our reports uh, that center mostly around Oakland, but now we've expanded from Oakland. We've done work in Indianapolis, Milwaukee, Stockton, California. Uh, I've done larger reports that include students from Chicago, Houston, um, Memphis, it's, it's, uh, DC, a lot of different places. So that's what the nonprofit work at Energy Converters is. But the term came from when I used to write at Huffington Post a long time ago. And it was basically when I had this realization that, look, energy... I didn't learn a lot in my schooling, uh, Curtis, but one thing I did learn in in one of my science classes was about energy, that you can't stop it. You could transfer it or you can convert it. And so there's a lot of things that happened to me in my life and in my realm when I was early, but it don't have value till you give it value. So, you know, me being homeless or my parents both being uh, addicted to drugs and both in and out of jail and all that good stuff, like you know, that could be seen as some really, really bad. And I have built-in reasons to not be successful, but I see them and I choose to see them as blessings, even to this day. I can navigate the world differently than a lot of my peers. I've lived in three different regions growing up, so uh, I can travel around the country a little freer. Um, I've seen how different people live, different colors and things like that. So um, I think that it's actually given me a critical advantage in what I do. And I think that's a way that you convert energy. How you view your circumstances... Um, is is completely up to you, regardless of what the circumstance was.
1: Man, that's outstanding, brother. And I mean, you you often use the term agentic as well. Mm-hmm. I want you to we'll talk about that on on the pod today. And to see the work you're doing around the country uh, is so so powerful. But you're here in in Austin. So what brings you here uh, to South by Southwest? What will you be doing while you're here?
2: Oh, my friend, my friend Emery. Uh, Emery. Uh, works at this organization around education, but he's just a real dedicated brother that's always looked out for me. And I think he just has a heart for community. And so I'll be uh, moderating one of his panels around, you know, Black parents, and I'm gonna call it Black Parent Agency, uh, because I think that's what it it, it was. And um, it's three uh, phenomenal women on that panel that I was just really, really excited to be able to talk to uh, a few I knew when uh, I did not. But it just was a full pleasure to to. it's just it's just it just feels good when you have friends like that that are doing great things and they trust you um, to be a part of it. So that's what I'm doing here in Austin and just getting some other work done. Like I've been to South by Southwest a few times. Like it's cool. You know, what I'm saying like I think the <laughs> spectacle of it. I do enjoy the spectacle of it, um, but I haven't really been super fulfilled when I've gone. So I'm working really, really hard to make sure that my session is fulfilling to others. Uh, I want them to leave with the feeling that I want to leave with when I go to sessions there. Um, And I think a lot of people treat the Ed Week kind of like a throwaway because the the week after is like the big one, right? That's where like the movies get premiered. That's where stars come out. I think Swarm you know, is is about to be a huge hit. Like they're gonna be having a whole thing around that with all the stars from it. So I I think it's a little different effort that tends to go into the week after the ed week. So um mm-hmm. I'm 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 really happy uh that Emory invited me, man.
1: No, that's outstanding. But like I said, man, you you're, you're someone who is uh is is one of the one of the goats in this space, man, and and also pushing the envelope on on, on the movement. And so I appreciate that. Um, always excited to talk to you, uh, and so you so know, I'm I'm really curious, man. Um, what are you most excited about right now uh, that you are working on at at Energy Converters? Like, w- what's that thing that really, really excites you about? Most excites you about the work at the Energy Converters right now?
2: Well, now I'm about to sound like a real CEO, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you why. Because uh, a, a real executive director, we have we started with a fiscal sponsor, and we've been doing this work kind of in partnership. I wouldn't really say in partnership. They 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 support us with the back end, but we've always had this partner. And one of our goals has been to kind of spin out. And one of the people that has just been in my corner, I mean, he was instrumental in the beginning of energy converters, and we've co-founded a bunch of stuff together, like State of Black Education, Oakland, and um, you know, just just other things. He has this great blog, called great, great school voices. Uh, that's my friend Dirk Tillison, and he passed away. Uh, he he didn't pass away. He was murdered uh, in a home invasion in Oakland. Let me not sugarcoat that. And uh, it was just a big loss for me, man. So I'm spinning my company out. I say all that sounds spinning my company out. And I was his good friend on the West Coast. He had another good friend on the East Coast who's now running running a lot of those organizations. So we're merging. I'm taking Energy Converters and I'm merging it uh, into what used to be Gray School Voices and is now uh, this organization called Lead Better. And so, under that umbrella, Energy Converters will still be operating as Energy Converters, and you'll still see that work. But I get to honor my friend and and, and keep his legacy going. And um, he was just a real dope advocate for education, man. And and he wrapped his arms around me early on, man, and like and and really just showed me love. So I'm most excited about finishing this merger. There's a lot that's going into it, like a lot, a lot. And uh, and it's stressful <laughs> and it's a lot, but um, yeah. it's for the best reason ever. So that's, I mean, that's what I'm most excited about. If you want me to be completely honest about what Energy Converts is doing right now,
1: that's outstanding. Um, and I I think you know his legacy is one that um, you know, cuts across the entire country. Um, I had a chance to interact with. Folks from the Oakland Reach, um, and Keisha Young and those, um, who yeah, she's are incredible. doing, outsta- yeah, out- outstanding work, um, and his influence on her and on that on that movement, uh, and what they're doing uh, even now, even, um, uh, on literacy, uh, in, in in Oakland, man, you know, uh, this, that's that's incredible to see what you're doing to to create that merger, uh, and so it gets to my next question about you know what's what's your next move? So clearly that's that's the next move uh mm-hmm. but you're also someone who's operating in different spaces. Uh what yeah. other things are you working on uh that that really are maybe not you know fully you know uh fully thought out but sort of what you're thinking about as far as the the, the next phase of, of of your career.
2: Yeah man well I, I, and a lot of people don't know as much work as I do is in, in education. I've actually done the same if not more in healthcare. Uh, I just stepped down uh from the UCSF Benioff hospital board, uh, we oversaw a lot. Uh, it was, it was, um, hospitals cost a lot to run and, and just doing that healthcare work, uh, in the city that I grew up in, like at a hospital that was only like a few blocks away from the place where I grew up, but it didn't feel accessible to me was just really big. And I lost a mentor there, uh, in education. I have Howard Fuller and, uh, in healthcare, I had this brother named Bert and, um, you know Bert lost his battle with cancer man but you know he 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 recruited me like when i got on the board he just we just did some incredible work and we do a lot of stuff around sickle cell and and you know I, I think that that disease will be eradicated in our lifetime and being a part of that in even a small role even like a small board role you know what i'm saying like that had to oversee like you know the fiscal the fiduciary responsibilities around certain types of research maybe happening or just it was just really cool man um so that's one that I stepped off of. But I think the big thing that I want to do, Curtis, and a lot of people don't know this very publicly, but, you know, you know, I was born in the Chicago area. Uh, you know, I lived in Kentucky. You know, I lived in, in but more of that time was spent in Oakland. Um, I lived all over the country and I've been able to do work all over the country. And now I want to start doing work outside the country. Um, I really want to to travel and do work, man. I've always had this dream I want to do some of our research in uh, Paris or in Egypt or, you know, South Africa, Ghana, um, Jamaica, you know, Brazil, like wherever our people are, I just kind of want to see it and see what I can learn. And, you know, I've created those conditions in my life. I don't have kids. I'm not married. I don't have a wife. Um, So if I'm going to do it, I think this is the time that I, I can do it. And I think you know it never clicked that i've done enough to kind of even be qualified to do that yet and then it's like wait you got a little bit under your belt man like you know what i'm saying so oh yeah. Oh yeah let me not talk myself out of that but those are the things that i'm starting to work on and so it's like once i get this merger done and i build a little bit more infrastructure uh turn my manager into a director who can like run a lot more of the day-to-day and and help us with this expansion. Uh, then I get to expand or work on and, and see what an, an international expansion could potentially look like. And so I'm excited to explore that. And you know whether I succeed or fail man, I'm a, I plan on learning a lot. So that is something that I look forward to doing and I've already written a book and then I wrote like two free books last year for for black parents and for and for black male students going to college. Uh, but this book this next book won't be academic. It'll be more popular. And it's tough, man. It's been kicking my butt, if I'm going to be honest with you. It's called Crack Baby Residue. <laughs> it's called Crack Baby Residue, and I've definitely thrown away a book uh, just in stuff that I didn't feel was good enough. And uh, I don't know how long that's going to take, Curtis. I'm going to be honest with you. This is the longest thing that I've ever worked on. Um, but it's probably because it's, it's really meaningful to me. So those are the things, man. And then trying to get back into the shape that I need to and stand out the way, brother. That That is my slate. I've given you uh, the rest of my <laughs> life uh, <laughs> in that answer.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 so refreshing to hear, particularly because a lot of folks' education, we see the work of education, whether we see it way or I think it's presented as very siloed, you know, education and you know, in of itself. If we just work on these issues and pass these policies, education, the mm-hmm. lives of the people we fight for will be fake. But just saying. Yeah, we got healthcare issues, right? We got issues yeah. around, you know, you know, child mortality, infant mortality, um, you know, women getting the, you know, the prenatal care they need, brothers getting the supports they need, uh, the tests they need, and is and and it, they're, they're not in isolation. And I it, right. and I think one, of, I guess one of my fears is when it's all said and done, and we look back on this period and, and what we were able to do, and the out life outcomes of people we fight for are not as uh, improved to a to a measure we think it would be is because I think we might have had some blind spots around other parts of the community, food deserts, health care issues mm-hmm. you're talking about, obviously criminal justice issues that we talk about because it's it's so immediate to us. But rarely do you hear brothers say, "I'm working on education and healthcare," um, mm-hmm. but also this idea of you know the international experience you, you're you're, you're going to get and the lessons you're going to learn from what you see around the around the world about some of the issues that people who look like us other countries are dealing with and have been dealing with. And they've had some answers, but also had some, you know, some trials and tribulations as well, man. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the growth uh, of of all these new endeavors and, and what you bring back to the, to the family.
2: Man, I appreciate that, man. I'm just, like I said, I'm going and just looking to learn, man. And and it started, you know, I went to Paris a few years ago, man. And I, 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 I just fell in love. I went by myself. It was, it was gorgeous. And, uh, and I just was like, man, and I, I went and wrote in a place where Baldwin wrote and, all these like black dignitaries of their day would go hang out. And it just was like a story there. It was, I mean, the romance of the city was incredible. I mean, I've been blessed, man, to be born in, I think Chicago has one of the most beautiful skylines I've ever seen. I think Oakland is just one of the dopest places I've lived. Like, you know, I might've lived in a lot of these places in shelters have been homeless or whatever the case is, man. But you know, that don't come up in the final tally, man. I got to experience those places. However, I did, and I like to experience these new places on my terms and the way that I like to do it. So, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. Thank you for that encouragement. And 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 I'm not really afraid to fail, man. I think once you get in there, if I am gonna fail, let's fail fast so we can move forward and learn. Um, but failure is a part of a journey, man. And and, and I would say if, if you ain't got failures, if you if you can't tally up the failures, man, then I don't think you're pushing hard enough. I don't, I don't think you're really challenging and testing yourself. Cause failure is where you really, truly grow and you learn and damn it, Curtis, if I ain't got failures, brother, I got <laughs> business failures, moral failures. Um, I mean, I need to put failure in my name somewhere, but embracing it, man, I think that's a lived human experience. Cause if there were no failures and you know, AI really will just take over and we all just be robots, bro. So
1: yeah, we gotta we got be learning, bro. Always learning more. Just a, no, uh, no losses, just lessons. Um, hey man. Um, no, it's losses it's, in there.
2: I lost a lot. It took a lot of losses, but I feel you. I get it. I get the notion. I, you know how? When, and Curtis, I want you to keep with your question. But you know when people be like, "Man, I ain't got no regrets. So I wouldn't do nothing over." I be like, either you are an incredible, incredible, not Like I can't even talk right now. Either you are just an incredible human being, or you lying because it is so <laughs> much stuff that I would change and try to do again. If I could, man, I have them type of mistakes in my life. So, uh, I will take that. But I I hear that answer so much, but go ahead. I I, I got sidetracked.
1: Well, no, I mean, I I think, you know, we're, we're here, you know, at at South by and and, in this, this conference, and we talked about this earlier, uh, it's often billed as this, you know, intersection between education and technology. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and, the work that you're doing, obviously, with energy converters and what you'll be doing in, in other spaces, you know, uh, technology. You meant you just kind of mentioned uh AI, artificial intelligence. You know what what role will technology play in in the next phase of of, of your work uh, as it relates to you you really getting your message out and in the in your support out um, to the to, to the communities that you're concentrating on.
2: Yeah, man, I built I built my um I built energy converters with technology in mind, you know, we actually grew during the pandemic. And, but part of that reason was when I started EC in Oakland, my dream was for Oakland kids to be able to connect with Kentucky kids, to be able to connect with Chicago area kids, you know, cause those are the places that I lived and I wanted to, it's an interesting feeling, man. When I was born in Maywood, I didn't grow up in Maywood like that. I was really young. Then you go to another place. You would guest there. <clears throat> Everywhere I've gone, there's a friend group where they've been friends since kindergarten, right? I don't know what that is. <clears throat> so when I started my my piece, you know, I wanted to like triangulate all the places that I was at, and 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 create like something where people could build these different type of connections. But because I that was my goal, Curtis. I built it with them being used to doing Zoom calls already or Skype or uh, being able to have a session in Oakland that kids in Chicago could watch and learn about and and, and allow for them to interact. So when the pandemic hit, it wasn't new for our people to be able to make that shift because we was already doing it, you know? I think technology will allow us to do things a lot faster and more efficiently, but I think you still, I think technology can't, impart in soul into it. So I'm watching ChatGPT. I am mesmerized by ChatGPT. I don't know if you've played around with it. It is both the most fascinating and scariest and exciting thing all at once. It it found my book. It found the stuff that I did as like a, you know, that I've done just publicly, like talks that I've given the the, the podcast and all that. It's, I asked it to write something as me And I'm going to be so honest with you. I had it write some some text, some tweets for me as me. And then I mixed in some of my own that I wrote. I couldn't tell the difference a few days later, like which was which. I think Mm. that's, so I think with that, as somebody who's always kind of been nomadic and kind of been independent and kind of done a lot of things on my own, I am trying to crack the code on how I can utilize certain technologies, AI being one of them, um, to be able to expand what I do. So those mundane tasks that only I was taking care of before, uh, but it was taking up a lot of time. Like if I could speed up that process and be able to think deeper and stronger and collaborate with people like you or the people that I know and love in different spaces. um, I think that it's, it's, it's almost education on steroids if you use it. Right. But just like steroids, there are some negative consequences. If you're not, you know what I'm saying? We got to be real careful. And I do think that it will get corrupted at some point. So I wanna just enjoy it fully while it's still in its purest form. Because I'm telling you, it will not be in the next few, I wanna say years, Curtis, but it might be in the next few months or weeks. So uh, I think that's one way that education is about to play a huge role, man. And and, and I think that is changing the world around us and we are really a part of living history. And I think something that's going to be different for this generation and generations moving forward than past ones is that you're seeing exponential rapid growth. You know what I'm saying? Like like we are taking leaps in an exponential way that I think is, 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 is definitely jarring and will continue to be jarring. So it's a scary, brave world, bro, That's we're about to embark on. And you either adapt or you die. And I'm trying to figure out ways for me to adapt. Um, and we'll see what happens. I don't have a, a, a clear cut path for it, but I have it's foggy. But right now, I'm really exploring uh, this AI world and seeing ways that it can help me be better at what I do, and potentially even be a better me.
1: No man, it it, it, it is right. It's it's exciting. It's it's um, it's concerning all at once. Uh, I I do think about those who I don't want to say will be displaced, but ones that I think could lose this idea of how we center them. And this particularly is is black parents. And these are parents who um are not privileged or not uh, ones who already have a seat at the table, unfortunately. Um, but I'm I'm also mindful of of where we're going and, and how we continue to um seed some of our own um privilege uh, and control to to those most closest to the issues we're fighting for. And so I'm really curious about you mentioned this earlier about, you know, what you've already produced, uh, particularly for 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 black parents. But talk a little bit more about how your work uh, now and in the future will center the lived experience of of black and 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 brown parents.
2: Yeah, man, I think for me. I think I live that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that there are some people that's going to give you really good answers on that, Kurt. And I'm about to just be really honest and it's not it's probably not going to sound as good. So apologies to the listeners. Um, I can't not like center that, which, what I come from and what I am, it's just kind of in my DNA. I think that there is a new crop of people that are good at speaking on and talking about it, uh, because they have to do that because it's, it might not be as germane to them. Um, and that's not a knock on anybody. It's stuff that things that I don't know. Well, I have to be very mindful in how I talk about it because I'm still learning it and I'm trying to get it, you know, in a, in a place that that doesn't offend you said something about this thing leaving people behind i i, I think we always got to kind of get in where we fit in and make it do what it do and you know people have done that man i grew up in a crack epidemic i grew up in a crack era i saw that i was there like i was impacted by that uh my parents were users and most and a lot of people like i can tell who knew know about this time and who didn't because you know many sellers were users right and you many users were sellers it was that type of economy that shadow economy that kind of got built um i think the downtrodden in this country have always been somewhat left behind in certain ways and i think that we've always found ways to remix put some soul in it and make things our own um it, you know black folks man we it's just a really influential group like we we have been able to you know turn lemons into lemonade like over and over and over again, I think that there's gonna be some ways in hoods or some ways in black suburbs or whatever, regardless of how much money you make, that's gonna find ways to utilize this new level of technology. I think we're actually gonna see a lot of rejection of technology and people uh, clamoring for, you know, the analog. So one of the things I wanna build at EC, right? Or even in my consultancy at Dr. Cole as research, is I built that book you've seen the black agentic uh the agentic black parent book it's a workbook and I want to create uh an app for it for people that are tech savvy and want all that stuff like at their hand and on their phone or their tablet or on their computer and I want to create like a notebook version I want to partner with like a moleskin or like a traveler's notebook you know maybe build an insert for a traveler's notebook and uh, a traveler's journal I don't know if you big on travelers journals man but that's a conversation we'll have offline. I love them, uh, oh, but yeah. I want to build something for people that want that analog. And maybe there's a way that you can combine the two, because I just want to tool my people up so they got a fighting chance. I don't want. I ain't asking for a step ahead. I ain't asking for special favor. I ain't asking for. I, I know that you can't change people's hearts. Um, that's not the work that I do. I am not the person. That, if you need somebody to change hearts and minds, you got to go find that somewhere else. What I'm doing is saying, look. I'm acknowledging it's a rough ride. I've been a part of this rough ride, but every time I had a fighting chance, I got scraped up. I got a fat lip in it, but you know, proverbially, but like I was able to come out better on the other end. You know what I'm saying? My college experience, my work experience, my entrepreneurial experience. I think that those calluses have made me stronger. So I just want to be able to Build things that parents can use so they got a fighting chance. Because I think a lot of people ain't asking for, you know, they ain't asking for people to take care of them and to do whatever. Not the people that not from where I come from. And so, but you know, I can build you some armor, I can build you a sword, I can build some helmets, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you got some good supplement and we can do these fighting battles together. So you can go out on that battlefield. Cause I like our odds. Uh when we get to be on that battlefield. Everybody don't. And I get it, and that's yeah. cool. But uh I love being black man and I and you know, and people be like, man, y'all identify with the struggle so much and you do this and you do that and it's just like people adapt to the place that they're in to survive and to, and to hopefully thrive, you know? And that's why kids will be like, I'm from this block. You don't own nothing on that block. But when you got crumbs, you love those crumbs. I can't tell people to not cherish their crumbs. If I ain't giving them no steak, and so I just want to make sure, man, I give people the utensils so they can go get their own damn steak.
1: Hey, this this podcast got a lot of quotables, man. I like I like that <laughs> one about the crumbs and the steak. Hold on, man. That's, that's 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 a straight T-shirt right there. Hold on, man. Let me let me get my trademark together, bro. <laughs> um, true, that's, man. that's probably it's true. It. But I mean, get right, man. Those who those when, when it's in your bloodstream, uh, and when you live it, and when you you know you wake up in it. To your point, you don't got to put it on. You know, what I mean, it's, it's it's already it's already on, man. And um, you know, again being in spaces like South by, you know, we're we're here, um, and people come to these conferences with their own experiences, and some are trying to, trying to get, um, you know, and 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 trying to get closer, or at least not in, um, you know, at least proximate to those who are who are in those spaces. And so, yeah, I, I definitely uh, can tell that at the same time. Um, you know, there are there are things that are not happening here um, at, at South by and there there's there's some some voices that are not, you know, being amplified here. And there's some panels that are not, um, you know, going to take place. And so, you know, what what are your thoughts on conferences like this and what is South by Southwest missing? Like what does does this do conferences like this um, and gatherings like this have any blind spots? And what what should we be talking about next year as it relates to uh, the future of education?
2: Yeah, man. I think, um, well, one, I don't think South by Southwest is missing anything cause it's theirs and they get to do what they want with it. Like that's, that's, that's just how my makeup is. Right. That's like when, you know, you, you know, when somebody would say, Hey man, you pocket watching, they'd be like that athlete should do this with their money. Well, it's like that. that's that athlete's money. It'd be nice if they did X, Y, and Z, but you know, I'd be upset if somebody told me what I had to do with my money. Uh, so uh, <laughs> so I'll I just say that I think, Listen, man, I think people should have gathering spots uh, for the things they care about and exchange ideas. I do think that it's really buttoned up in a way. I don't, I didn't go to every single, it's impossible to go to every single event and it's impossible to go to every single session, right? So I don't want to put a blanket statement and say that there was not a lot of depth. I would just say that in the years that I've gone in the sessions that I've gone to as a as somebody that was just there. You know what I'm saying, observing, I never really felt a huge level of depth. But again, you got a mass group of people coming together. It is gonna get kind of, you know, have to be somewhat generic, so everybody has touch points. So I get that. Um, It's not really a lot of soul (laughs) in South by Southwest EDU. I also want to make sure I'm distinguishing. There's South by Southwest EDU, which is what we're talking about, and then there's South by Southwest. Those are completely different animals. Like, I don't know if you saw, like put it like this, when you're leaving South by Southwest EDU, like the last day and you're just walking the street, you will be seeing new stages built. You will be seeing stuff because they about to be in the streets. It's about to be a full out festival, right? So, you know, South by Southwest EDU is a little muted. Um, And I think sometimes, man, in these conferences, it's like whatever is trendy, that becomes the thing that everybody's talking about. Um, and I think sometimes we can lose some stuff there, but I will say this. People can start their own thing if they don't like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I I appreciate being there. I mean, it was nice being able to see that city. I love that city. It was really cool. Um, just kind of walking the streets there. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I got to build some good memories. Um, I think that some of the other things that they could do is, uh, I don't know man. I, I actually don't want to put that on South by Southwest. I would say that though the the people with some soul that's going there, you know, add, add your own flavor to it and 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 enjoy it. Get the most out of it. When you after you buy the ticket, it, the onus is on you to take something away from it. So, whether I have a good time or not at South by Southwest is my responsibility. So, I got to own that whether you know what I'm saying? I and I would say that to anybody else. If one but if you pay money and you get on the plane, to go to anything, uh, you better damn sure make sure Curtis better make sure he gets what he needs out of it. Or that's Cur- Curtis is the only one who got to live with it, whether it was good to him or not good to him. So that's how I try to enter those places. And if I don't think I can do that, I stay home.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's that, that's right. Um, you know, it's there's there there are opportunities. Um that are out there for us, and we have to take advantage of them. It's just, it's just you know, straight facts. Mm-hmm. I can't really sugarcoat it. Um, man, before I let you go, man, you know, obviously we get together, man, and you know, we we get to going, bro. We could do this. We've already done a series, a podcast series already, man. If, if, I know, if, man. If, 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 if those of you ain't seen it, you know, you know, it's 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 still. I'm I'm gonna reshare that this week just because. Um, uh, I'm, those 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 were our outstanding connections, but let's you know before I let you go, man, I want you to be a futurist. I mean, you're already doing it now, man, okay. but with 2050, man. um, and, and, uh, little, uh, little Charles Cole's running around here. And don't and say Charles that. <laughs> don't say that.
2: <laughs> don't do that to me. Well, you know, continue. <laughs> what,
1: is, what, does educa- <laughs> what does education look like for them, man? What, what, what I mean, we fast forward man, what, what does education in, in, in its different forms? And you're very mindful of, you're really clear about your different, you know, models of education, um, and and how you feel about you know, different types and the fight against, you know, fight for and against, you know, these things. For our speak, for our, our listeners, man, put yeah. us in the mindset. What you think the future of education uh, will and should look like in in twenty
2: fifty? Well, first, here's what I think it's, it 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 might look like. This is not an endorsement for or against, but here's how I see the ties going. And also, hopefully, there are no little Charles's or Charles's happening there. I I have made a decision. I'm not. That big on kids. Now, if I get married and, and this woman just makes me want to have kids with her, then God bless her. But uh, I'm I'm praying that that don't happen like that. But two, because I, I just enjoy my peace and my money. Two, I think what... <laughs> Charles does not love love. Uh, what I think will happen for reading these ties, though, is I think that education will be a lot less centralized. I think that there are groups and fac- factions, like I said, whether you agree, disagree, or whatever the case is, and black, white, everything in between rich, poor, everything in between. I think that people are really, the general public is really starting to see the the, the weapon and tool that an asset and detriment that education can be. And that is why you've seen the influx of, of dollars going into school board races. That is why you have seen um, the type of education battles being fought. That's why education is becoming, you know, larger tempo like issues. And, and, and it has become part of like political strategy. And I think it'll be a large political strategy come 2024 um, for, for for certain people to get votes. I think that we are coming up on a time where the things that you used to be able to trust or thought that you can trust at least had a strong illusion of trust. I think all that trust is on the verge of being completely diluted Um, I think we're there now. Um, When CNN and Fox News and MSNBC are picking up news stories from blogs and bloggers and and unfounded podcasts, um, I think that when that institution of journalism has gone the way that it has gone, I think that that is a big indicator of where a lot of other things are going. We are in a time when people don't trust or believe scientists or they believe or trust that scientists have some type of political motivation. Um, everything is becoming like this kind of you know, proxy war for larger things. I think that education, we're already starting to see that, right? You starting to see certain things be banned. And then you start to see the other faction on the other side, try to hit them back by doing something at the other end of the spectrum. And we just got a lot of extreme things happening across the board um that we will see a, an even more drastic rise in homeschooling we will see new school models come out of this i think some of the most beautiful things come out of times of struggle i think you know i don't know this off the top of my head but i know that some of the best businesses were built during the great depression or some of the you know best businesses were built you know during the, the you know the depression that you and i lived through in the early 2000s um so i think that Innovation grows in spaces like this. I think that there'll be a lot more self paced education, uh, meaning that, you know, if you're a fifth grade kid, but you able to do seventh and eighth grade work, that there'll be an apparatus for you to be able to do work at that level. And we've seen that in homeschools. This is why you get kids graduating at 15, 16 years old, doing a whole college career and going to med school or grad school, like at 19, you, you know, 19 years old. Right. So, I think it's just going to keep going in that direction. Um and I think what my advice would be to people listening, whether you're younger or older, you plan on having kids or you got kids or whatever the case is, you got to take agency over the type of education you want your kids to have. You have to not just look at the political uh like land like d- d- landscape. You have to like look at what do you want your child to be able to do? Do you want your child to be able to reason? Do you want your child to be able to read and comprehend? Um, and also literacy is not just being able to read words. It's also being able to comprehend and utilize that which you are reading. Do you want them to be good judges of what they read and how to, how to to what news is actual news? Do you want them to be good researchers? Um, and we better do something about it. <laughs> you better do something about it for your kids. Because if you are presenting that you are okay with having mindless drones, then damn it, you're going to have mindless drones. And, you know, I say this as a black man who has experienced and seen racism in this country, who has been the poorest of the poor, uh, who does believe in democracy, um, who does want to see the least of us get the things that we need. Um, I say that with all that. I grew up on pu- in public housing, on public food, on food stamps. I am from the generation where the person at the corner store will yell at you. If you rip out the food stamp yourself, you are supposed to hand them the book and they rip out the food stamp. Now it's a little <laughs> hard, right? Like I'm telling you where I'm from and I've seen this thing. I've seen a lot of men in my family and in my life, uh, go to jail and be behind those walls. Like, so I'm not saying this with like, and I actually don't care what you believe or what you do. I really, truly don't. You ain't got to think how I think or want what I want. like, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying this to everybody. (laughs) Um, You have to keep an extra eye and you have to not just depend on schools or the apparatus of school, for the education and well-being of your child and your community. And that's going to look different in different places, but I will say Godspeed to everyone on that. Um, But we got to own it. And the the biggest thing I saw in education, Curtis, and I'll shut up from this long answer that's already been too long. So my apologies, but I'm self-aware. I would just <laughs> say, <laughs> it's true, man. It's true. I would just say for too long, we've been able to throw our hands up and say, that's that system. That's that, that's them. And I've never bought into that because I have to live with those consequences. So it'll keep, if you want to allow it to keep being a faceless them, that's damning your children then that's your prerogative. I would coach anybody that I care about, love, or that I'm in contact with, that you have to feel and take um, some ownership over that, whatever that means, whether that's homeschooling, whether that's making sure there's a boys club or some tutors, or you're doing school boosters on top of the schooling that your kid's getting, or you going into that school and challenging and pushing them, um, whatever that is, I don't know. I don't know your circumstance, but it can't just be the them. They might be responsible, uh, but you have to live with it. And, and if I got to live with something, I damn sure got to have a say in it. So that's my long winded answer of the future of education.
1: Brother on on that note, man, it's a, a great place to end a great conversation. Um, a great opportunity to connect at a, at a, at a great gathering here in Austin, man. And so, I hope, hope our listeners uh, took something from it. I know they did, um, but they're going to watch it over and over. It's just the beauty of, of the recording. You know, they can go back and, and get some more of those gems. Um, so again, I want to thank you all for, for joining me, my guest, Dr. Charles Cole, on this uh, edition of, of Rob's Reports, our What's Next? The Future Is Now series, uh, right here on location in Austin at South by Southwest. Thank you all for uh, listening in. Uh, I look forward to uh, the next episode of the Raj Reports
0: uh, podcast.
1: Y'all have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening. Want to learn more about the Progressive Policy Institute? Follow us on Twitter at PPI and on Facebook at Progressive Policy Institute, or go to our website at progressivepolicy.org. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen and check back for new episodes. We'll talk with you soon.